Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Long and Hard Podcast, episode 11, Morning Glory. I am part one of two of your co-hosts, Josh Blaze, and this is... Part uh, two out of two of your co-hosts, Thomas Harrington. Uh, Welcome back. This is episode 11. Uh, Pretty huge, well into the double digits now of our uh, episode numbers here. Oh, uh, and uh, just a reminder, Long and Hard is a podcast all about improving your mindset, life, and business. Um, practical advice from us. Now, this isn't just exclusive to uh, entrepreneurs either, right? This is anyone who's looking to, I don't know, improve <laughs> themselves, their life, things around them, uh, all that fun stuff. And you'll kind of see this in today's uh, episode, which is all about... Uh, <laughs> morning glory which, he's laughing uh, I, about the intro <laughs> yeah yeah well josh just told me the name right now which is good but uh, I i'm like i can't that, believe so. you've never heard that song before That's no i haven't heard song. that song so uh that was what what was it called morning glory by oasis. morning glory by oasis yes oasis very nice, very nice. back in the uh 90s but uh you know was it so. 90s i thought it was I, I, I think it was like late 90s early early 2000s oh. but yeah, what a, from the past. what a time, what a time. We, uh, Chris D'Elia just did like a thing on his podcast where he started like fake singing Wonderwall by Oasis, like <laughs> like really putting on uh, the, uh, like, you know, their, their like Northern British accent or whatever it Today is. Today is gonna be the day, but they'll never throw it back to you. Yeah, it's more like, yeah, <laughs> not you. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. as the title said, we're talking about uh, getting up in the morning and getting after it today. And then mm-hmm. also, I think we're going to switch up the template a little bit. We're going to be talking about that and then doing news articles for the we, other we half. We got some current events or whatever here. So, um, yep. yeah, but, you know, it's kind of how to have a how to have a killer morning routine. Uh, get yourself uh, into some morning glory. <laughs> <laughs> what? uh <laughs> Josh, what's your morning routine look like right now? Oh my God. It's like uh, get up around uh, noon, uh, swig some coffee so I'm not dead. Uh, You know, start working uh, around like 2 30 p.m. or so, you know, go back to bed around, you know, like 3 a.m. and do it all over again. Perfect. Sounds good. All right. Episode over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> clock into work at about noon, about 2.30, back. Like, eh, check the <laughs> wristwatch. Oh, I've had enough. Call it a day, guys. I mean, yeah. it's a pretty good day if I'm not hungover, so. Oh, <laughs> 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 that, that, you consider that a win. That's the that's the threshold, eh? That is the epitome of success, so, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, but uh, I mean, I think that um, morning routines change, but um, since I've been in Montreal, I've been fairly consistent getting up at a certain time around like 7 38. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, like either hitting the gym or getting coffee, going to work for two, three hours, and then uh, eating around noon. So that's kind of been like my mornings have been essentially that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's been days obviously that 
are not like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly as regimented. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think we'll talk about that sort of thing that uh-huh. like every day is not going to be perfect. But no, no. Your morning is the kind of the the pacemaker for the rest of the day. So however you hit your morning, the rest of your day is going to follow in a very similar stride. So that's why I think that it's a big topic and something that we're going to hammer today. How about you? What's your what's your morning routine like back in uh, E-Town? Well, uh, for me, because I, I typically like to start, uh, like I'm fortunate to have a home office uh, and obviously you and I are self-employed. So some of these things might not be entirely possible for everyone, right? But mm-hmm. uh, for me, you know, I, I start right, right away um, uh, just jamming from the home office sort of thing. Uh, I try to avoid, I don't really like... Um, traffic i try to use build my schedule around traffic as much as possible one way or another uh, just for being more efficient time-wise so kind of getting started on those tasks right away usually try to get um well in the real estate world you're you'll kind of have a bunch of paperwork and follow-up that will accumulate by the end of any given day so kind of hammering all that out uh first and you know getting your your hardest task out of the way right Mm -hmm. um that would kind of be it. And then, you know, uh, for me, it's kind of more about some of the little micro things you do. So, you know, I'm not really someone who's like, all right, 805, sip coffee, hmm. 807, check email, 809, sip coffee again. It's more like, mm-hmm. okay, what are good things you can do to start your day uh, and provide a little structure? But then, it's it's not about an, an extremely regimented one hour, two hours, hour schedule. I think it's more about, again, just having little things that you can always go to. And like you said, you're not going to every day uh, be exactly perfect and check all the boxes. But like, what are little things that can kind of get you going, get you started, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, hey, full disclosure, right? And to that point, you know, have I been perfect with my morning routine as of late? I mean, good on and off. I have a decently set form of habits but some of these things that i wrote down on my notes here uh is well (laughs) some of them i've been slacking on but uh definitely things i've done in the past um we'll (laughs) we'll 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 kind of get to those and i think this is going to inspire me a little bit to jump back on the wagon for a few of these yeah fair enough i mean the twitter sphere in this kind of uh space is like 4 30 wake up 435 step into an ice cold shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 445 gym for 3 hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like, there's I, kind of this weird hustle culture that's all about getting up at 4 a.m. and like if that works for you or maybe if that's what your work requires cool, but like you need to plan the rest of your schedule around that, right? And for me and one thing that's really changed kind of my morning and evening routines lately is uh so there's a really great episode on joe rogan uh the the guest name is matthew walker i want to say who was a sleep doctor have you listened to that mm-hmm. one it was oh, about yeah. six months ago i'll uh, i'll put a link to it because that's probably one even if you're not a big joe rogan listener like i would recommend it it's i would say life-changing in all honesty right um, it's one of the best podcasts he's done hands down for sure. And it's all about just, you know, sleep, the necessity of sleep. Um, and you know, to, to the 4am point, like 
the amount of people, because a lot of people out there are like, oh, I only need four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. The amount of, uh, to paraphrase a little bit, but the amount of people who can legitimately survive uh, on um, less than six hours of sleep expressed as a percentage of the population and rounded to the nearest whole number is zero, right? <laughs> so so uh, there's a small percentage of people who can deal with six. Uh, most people need seven to 7.5, if not eight, right? So to go against the, you know, I mean, there's a lot, any, uh, I, there's too many names to name, but for this kind of weird hustle culture, especially in the real estate world and anything self-employed where it's all about yeah, who can sleep the least? <laughs> it, it's a really, really bad thing for you, right? So that's, uh, I think that ties into it. And, you know, we'll come back to this, but then your morning, your day starts the night before too, right? And part of that is also getting really good sleep. And, you know, chronic sleep deprivation is very much a thing in North America right now. And, you know, if you listen to this Joe Rogan episode, uh, where we're at right now in terms of sleep, um, knowledge about sleep deprivation is like smoking in the uh, like 70s and 80s where the scientific community knew it was really bad, but it wasn't really like mass public knowledge quite yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that they're going to be seeing in the next 10 to 15 years, they're like, well, we took off five, 10 years of our life by mm -hmm. doing this sort of thing. Yeah. And um I, I I definitely have that point here is that your night dictates your morning too. So I didn't even really think about like a sleep routine. I was just kind of thinking about like getting up in the morning, getting after it. But no, that's a, mm -hmm. a very good point. It's something that, uh, you know, I've kind of only in the past few months, frankly, really kind of researched and learned about and kind of had just, you know, a <laughs> uh, like a intellectual hard on for and really <laughs> pushing that out there just to my friends and stuff. So yeah. uh, I, I think it's super important, right? So, um, excuse me. So I guess rather than reiterate our extremely perfect morning routines, like let's kind of go over some things. We, uh, I mean, it's better to have, I would say a general working knowledge, vague framework that you can keep in mind and then build what works for you too, right? Because obviously Josh mentioned, you know, the times he gets up and gets started and same for me, uh, like our businesses, you can start more around nine o'clock, like let's call it normal working hours or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're someone who's more trades or whatever, or something like if it's six, seven, seven thirty, whatever time you have to start, like be at work, you, you'll need to adjust as well. Yeah, I think like to make generalizations about it, you do need to get up early, but at a consistent time. So whatever mm -hmm. that means for you, waking yeah. up at a consistent time is more important than waking up at 4.30 in the morning. I mean, I've mm -hmm. done that yeah, before. Yeah. And yeah, I was 5 a.m. club for a while. And like, it's, well. It depends on the person. I think oh, like, for sure. Like for me, I don't do very well. Like I get up mm -hmm. and then I'll be sitting there for half an hour kind of, straight at <laughs> doing yeah, absolute, yeah, yeah. being completely unproductive. Um, well, yeah. And, and I would even say for me, like, and probably you too. And if you're someone like 
a real estate agent where you're very consumer facing industry, right? And then also you have your fellow industry members, yada, yada, yada. Well, to uh, like, if you're calling clients like 5.45 AM, no one's going to answer you, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're like our business world, doesn't start until later in the day, frankly, right? So there, it, it's kind of ineffective. Or you'll be sitting there for four hours with nothing to do, right? So, yeah, I think that again, one thing that you need to obviously do though is there's the people that will get up five minutes before they need to be somewhere. Yeah, throw down a granola bar, pop in the shower, and run mm-hmm. out the door. Like that cannot be you. Regardless of no, I, I'd say no, no, for sure. Well, yeah, let's so do, yeah, that, that's good. So, um, let's do, uh, let's start night before and then kind of go through and then sleep and then waking up if that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sounds good to yeah. me. So, I mean, obviously the night before, uh, you should probably end your day thinking about planning what you need to do that next day. Right. Uh, <laughs> Everyone should have like a, regardless of what you do, if you're self-employed, this is super, super crucial. If you're in any job, you should have like a paper checklist of things you need to do that day, right? And be crossing them off through the day. Maybe you don't need a huge notepad, maybe a little thing. Uh, Even better than using your phone, it should be uh, like pen and paper, which we've talked about before, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Knowing what you need to do, prioritizing that whole thing. Uh, And I would say making sure you're not, like looking at your phone <laughs> too, too much, right? I mean, everyone does it, myself included, but, uh, and then at the very least be using like the green screen sort of thing, right? So it affects your sleep less, right? I think most people know about that now and it's pretty popular now that it's a default feature on the iPhone. Yeah, I mean, I think that you should probably be turning your devices off about an hour before bed mm-hmm. if you're in an ideal situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm the same, like I'm not very good with it, but Mm -hmm. in an ideal world, you should be shutting your stuff off and actually putting it on the other side of the room at Mm -hmm. minimum, if not in another part of the house. Exactly. No. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because that's, uh, actually, let me come back to that, but that's a very good point. And then, yeah, I would say just being prepared, uh, not, yeah, in theory, like an hour before bed or whatever, I don't know, read, sit there and think talk to your significant other uh well do something other <laughs> what, what's that whoa talk to your significant other yeah crazy not just <laughs> snapchat them while they're right beside you um <laughs> you know to, uh, end of the day like finish like if you want to succeed and be better like finish the date focusing on that preparing for that like don't finish every night you know <laughs> looking at Riley Reed or <laughs> someone <laughs> like that, right? So, I, you know, if if that's because, like, we form habits very easily as people, and you have a whole whack of habits that, like, you might not even be aware of, right? And negative habits, and that's a bit of a let's call it extreme example. But if you you're just habitually looking at scrolling Instagram or watching YouTube videos or whatever, like, that becomes ingrained in your routine in your psyche perhaps without you even realizing it, right? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty unhealthy thing to do before bed, right? Uh, Josh and I go a little tinfoil hat when it comes to uh, blue light, because and Josh more than me, because I know Josh has some pretty hardcore uh, 
the anti blue light apps on your phone where you look at his and phone my screen and, yeah. and his computer and it's like orange. <laughs> so, yeah. Not and like I got, you know, I got the, the uh, I have the blue light reading glasses. I don't know where they are. They're not around me, but you know, little, little, little things like that. So night before, obviously sleep is super important. Uh, if you're, what Josh said, getting up at a consistent time, you should be trying to go to sleep at a consistent time too. And how early, how late that can depend on your schedule. Right. And you, there's no perfect formula because like we said, like depending on what your job necessitates, you should adjust too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm even more tinfoil hatty on like the electromagnetic stuff that your phone is pushing out. So and how it actually disrupts sweep sleep waves. There's some research that's going into this. It's super oh, really? fascinating. Yeah, there's like companies that are creating boxes for your phone at night to put your phone in the box and then close oh. the box so that there's no electromagnetic radiation coming out and hitting you. Like there's people that oh, wow. say to shut off your Wi-Fi at night too because of <laughs> seriously. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Like the, I'd be curious yeah. if you didn't know that a little more. There's some research that's going into it lately that's uh, pretty interesting. So would recommend. Um, in addition to that, before I left Edmonton, I got into a routine where I was actually shutting off all lights and lighting candles before I was going to sleep for about an hour. Um, huh. Completely taking out any artificial light. Artificial light. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, that's something I definitely recommend. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I like it. One thing I'd also add to the night before is setting out clothing for the next day. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah. So if you're going to the gym in the morning, setting out your gym clothes and also the clothes that you're going to be wearing for the next day, because there's something called decision fatigue. And when you're making a decision as to, well, what shirt am I wearing with these pants uh, in the morning? Uh, and you take 15 minutes to get an outfit prepared. You're actually using up some willpower and the amount of energy that it takes to make that decision is tangible. <laughs> and no, that, uh, that, That's really good, actually. Well, yeah, I mean, reason. like anything, like, so decision-making and discipline, uh, are it this is a real thing are like muscles right so mm -hmm. it, you in your mind have a certain level of it, it's largely kind of discipline and self-regulation right and like each thing you do does use up a portion of that it's called the self-regulatory resource model self-regulatory resource model i'll have to look that up if i do All i know Correct. All I know is this is the reason that Steve Jobs wears turtlenecks and new balances every single day. Yeah. Hey, I mean, the, when you don't have to worry about it, right? <laughs> and I mean, you don't have to go that extreme, but um, making the decision the night before saves you all the decision making in the morning next. So mm -hmm. why not do it? Well, even if you're someone who like you get up 30 minutes before your alarm, if you're not going to change or like, all right, let it, well, let's eliminate the excuse of you don't have time or blah, blah, blah. Well, mm. <laughs> do it the night before. Or if you want to sleep in, hit snooze a few times. All right, be be prepared for that, right? Well, when your gym shit is staring you in the face and you're like, oh, I'm going to skip the gym, you kind of feel even a little bit more bad yeah. about 
skipping. So actually, if we want to even go a step further with that would be, I mean, maybe don't do this. I mean, who cares? You could, in theory, sleep in your gym stuff. And the reason Mm -hmm. for that is uh, there's some psychology out there. If if you're having trouble going to the gym, uh, put on your gym outfit before you go there, like when you're at home. And there's something to it. But basically, you kind of say, like, once you have it on, you're like, well, like, I have my gym clothes on already. Like, I've come this far. It's kind of like a mental hack, if you will, that (laughs) will increase your likeliness of actually going. Nah, I sleep naked. There you go. (laughs) Take notes. (laughs) Yeah. No, but that's, that's definitely all important things that you can consider doing the night before, before anything like it sets the pace for the morning mm-hmm. following so yeah. Yeah. is there anything else that you want to add to like nighttime no i don't think so um again i i think phone phone away from bed is probably the key right um mm-hmm. and you know that's something that i've flip-flopped on over the years right um but when it's away from you it makes a huge difference in going to sleep and to transition into the next portion of this getting up so if you're someone who has trouble getting up to an alarm getting up on time getting up early the easiest thing you can do is assuming most people use their phone for their alarm right um set it up so it's across the room from you basically there's no way for you to turn off the alarm without physically standing up and getting out of bed is is the key there Mm-hmm. right and that you know and if you're starting a new job or you're wanting to try and get up earlier or whatever it is you're uh, getting your inspiration from you know the long and hard podcast to do uh, i think that would be a really big one because once you like have stood up like that you know your blood starts flowing you're moving around you're like oh, okay i get like i guess i'm up right it's if your phone's sitting right next to your head and you just go boop snooze like that that's easy right you you have to kind of uh know yourself but also force yourself into these situations in a way too right one thing people fall into is looking at their phone for an hour before they get out of bed in the morning too like yep. scrolling social media looking at youtube videos blah 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 adam's actually pointing to himself with his thumb like this <laughs> yeah yeah oh we're all killed i mean you know uh, the yeah most definitely. we carry every day all the time like it's it, you're kind of combating smartphones 24 7 is the ultimate uh, productivity hack right yeah yeah so i mean if you take that hour that you were looking at your phone and i mean i'm super guilty of this too mm-hmm. and you go put it into something else like that's 365 hours you save every year doing something potentially productive life-changing maybe even so definitely um what else do I have here? Oh, I have one thing about every single time that you hit snooze, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> let's get, let's but, get some. Uh, we're, we're getting t-shirts and bumper stickers to the uh, shot long and hard store soon. So there you go. Yeah. No, but I mean, you set the pace in the morning immediately. So if that's how you start your morning with a loss like that, uh, there's a podcast i recommend everybody go listen to jocko willink's podcast these guys like a retired navy cle he'll kick your ass into shape but one thing he talks about is that you either win or you lose the morning based on that decision is do i hit the alarm 
and sleep for another five minutes? Or do I get up, get out of bed, start working towards my future and my goals and whatever? And that sets the pace for the rest of the day. That and what first was that guy's decision, name again, Josh? Jocko Willink how do you, is his name. Okay. I will figure out how to spell that and put a link in the show notes. Um, actually, that's a good point. Um, and one little thing, and you know, there's some, it's some like commencement speech out there for Harvard or who the hell knows where it was like some army general and it's about uh, making your bed in the morning. Right. And mm. why is the army so diligent about it? Well, it's like, because if that's the first thing you do is you get up and you make your bed super tidy, like you're starting the day by accomplishing a task, like it's orderly. Uh, it will then motivate you to complete another task and the next one. Right. So kind of like what that guy was saying there is, yeah, you, you, you set the tone, right? So if you schlep out of bed, hit snooze a hundred times, don't make your bed, right? Like you're, you're, that's like three, four, five things of kind of setting the day for laziness, right? Mm -hmm. Versus, well, the other way around. Well, momentum is a, is a bitch and it works in your favor and inertia just works against you. So if you start the day lying around for another hour, I mean, get cracking. You'll see that your days are far more productive and fulfilling when you actually start doing something first thing in the morning. Um, one thing I really like doing in the morning is just doing like a very easy workout, 10 pushups, hundred sit-ups, uh, maybe some yoga or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe one of these things, maybe all of these things, but getting moving in the morning, getting your blood flowing is huge. Um, yeah, I that's, can, uh, that's very true for sure. And I yet, can tangibly feel a better day when I do that. Oh, absolutely. And that's a good point. There is a uh, blood flow too, right? So, uh, you know, from the getting up to turn off your alarm to, yeah, doing some push-ups or squats or lunges or jumping around or whatever it might be that, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's all about kind of the blood flow and you will immediately feel that. And, um, the uh i think this kind of transitions into my next point here that i wrote down i think this is my last note for this one but uh and you know what this might be a throwback for you josh but you know if you're in this uh mindset self-improvement corner of the internet you'll hear a lot of guys harp on this but uh and this is kind of an expert mode one is cold showers right so hmm. uh and frankly i haven't done uh or at the very least have slacked a decent bit on this, but, uh, <laughs> they're hard, <laughs> man. They're hard, man. It, it's a lot more comforting to jump into a nice warm shower, right? Yeah. Uh, especially first thing in the morning, but a cold shower, like, so wherever you are, your, um, shower will have a cold setting for the most part, right? Sometimes older ones are screwed up, but anyways, and if you set it to the coldest setting, you'll get basically like the pure, uh, true like a uh, city water like, like yeah. what the water's coming into your house at before hitting any hot water heaters or whatever and it, that water is at like about like three degrees celsius so it is <laughs> goddamn cold right now the yeah. point of this is twofold so number one speaking on the blood flow point like the amount you will wake up from a cold sh shower is to the 10th 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 degree so much greater than the strongest cup of coffee right for what it will actually physically wake you up right so yeah you will always come out of a cold shower like 
alert, ready to go. Your senses are going, your blood's flowing. Now, uh, and part two of it is kind of like the mental, slightly more, let's call it meta sort of thing of, it's hard, it sucks. Like getting in there, like you, you'll feel like something's wrong, I need to get out, this is too cold. But your body actually can take it, right? Like yeah. your body can handle it. And like most things, uh, your body, or sorry, your mind will want to quit before your body physically needs to quit, right? So mm -hmm. you can actually push yourself a lot. And then after a while, the water, like it's not cold anymore, it just feels like water. Like it's not warm by any means, but you, it starts feeling less cold, right? It's the, you start your day by doing something exceptionally difficult. And uh, I mean, you get out of them and you feel like a million dollars because you're like, I mean, I've got out of showers before, like three degree showers and being like, oh, it's time to fucking kill the day. Yeah. And you know, well, it even it does like take your breath away. It forces you to like breathe through it. Like it's, it's a whole experience in itself. If you've never done it before, like do like try it at least once just to say you have, right? Yeah. I, I mean, they never get easier and it's a very psychological thing. It's, it's really cool. I think I'm, I, you're going to get me back on the train for this because I, uh, I quite love them. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's doing something hard that 99% of people are not doing. Yep. Yeah, it's first thing in the morning. So you're doing like a hard thing. Everything else that you do throughout the day is going to seem easier <laughs> because you already did yeah. something that yeah. sucks. And it's like a psychological mind hack. So oh, for yeah. Sure. And I, I think that's a really good one for uh, anyone who's like an early riser, especially if you're more like kind of trades route or whatever. I would... Mm. I would for sure try that if I were you, especially, you know, cause you can almost guarantee you're going to start more like seven o'clock or whatever. So you should get the, if you really want to kick your own ass in the morning, that that's the way to do it. Yeah. There's a guy on Twitter. He's like dunking your head in a bucket of ice water. The original nootropic. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. For those of you that don't know what a nootropic is, it's essentially a drug for your mind to make your cognitive abilities uh, fire better. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna get back on the train. We'll have to keep each other accountable for this. We'll do a 30 day challenge. Or yeah, something. yeah. Let, let's uh, let's see how we do with some cold showers over the next week, and then maybe do a yeah something of it. Yeah, next next week we'll report back. <laughs> I'll probably have made a hundred thousand dollars by then, you know. Jump in the cold shower, instantly get out, make a hundred thousand dollars. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to hit, but the, I think we covered my list. Yeah, what my notes here I had and you know, end of the day, it's not about like a top secret secret formula it's doing a few small challenging things right like everything on here is a bit of a challenge right putting your phone away doing something that other than just looking at instagram right uh mm -hmm. before bed having a cold shower getting up at the same time every day going to bed the same time every day like those are like they're challenging but they're not hard things to do right we're not saying wake up and run a half marathon every morning it's a few small little pieces of things you can do to set yourself up to succeed, right? And then 
what you go on and do with that afterwards is kind of up to you. I actually have one thing to add. Um, get do excited it. to get up in the morning because if you're not excited to get up in the morning and do what you're going to be doing, you need to reevaluate what you're doing with your life. Um, every single day, I'm pretty excited to get up. I'm pretty excited to like learn something new, do something that hasn't been done before that I've never even thought about doing before. Every single day needs to be like that for you. Uh, if you're not like that, look at yourself in the mirror and say, why isn't it like that? And then adjust your life to make it so that every morning you're excited to get out of bed. Going to bed should not be the best part of your day. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Looking forward to, you know, the opportunity and everything you have the next day and just another day uh, above ground, right? Yeah. And when you start looking at life that way, you you start to be just happier in general. I'm not going to say more successful or whatever. You just become happier. And that's a big shift unto itself. Yeah, I don't know. It's easy. More <laughs> Morning glory, right? <laughs> it's a good fucking song. I can't believe you never heard it before. No, I I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> so I think we're going to shift pace to talk a little bit about the news that has come out this week yeah let's do it what's what's going on in the world josh uh, actually if i may interrupt you yeah. after i just ask you a question i saw something yeah. interesting oh so before. we made a mistake what's that so we made a mistake you asked me a qu- this is a crystalia thing you asked me a question and you interrupted me so we made a mistake right <laughs> <laughs> sorry I, keep going i don't hear i don't think i've heard that bit but that, that's fine. i'm gonna have to send you that, that episode yeah. is hilarious um what i was gonna say is <laughs> speaking of news and stuff i just saw something that really made me think it was on my instagram it was like a promoted ad yeah <laughs> what it was was it was two realtors in uh nigeria promoting uh like a new development there (laughs) okay and like you're but it would appear i need to go back and i just looked at it super quick because i was reading the text to figure out what the hell they were doing but i need to listen to it but it would and look at the website but it would appear they're selling property there, targeting north americans so (laughs) i don't know maybe this is the new this is the 2019 nigerian princes 2019 uh overseas real estate thing so or maybe it's the final frontier yeah, Here's the final frontier invested it, overseas. There you go. In it, in all actuality, it could, in theory, really be that too, right? So, but yeah, that was uh, that was something different that I, I was did not wake up this morning expecting to hear. So, I'll do a little bit more research into that. Maybe Nigeria is the uh, is the next U.S. of A. I well, I mean, there's there is something to foreign property ownership for sure, right? And you know, finding undervalued um, markets or stuff that's up and coming, but that's uh, that's a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a little different. <laughs> maybe they'll give you citizenship for jack shit. Like maybe you buy like a shoebox house and they'll give you citizenship or something. Maybe they're wanting that sort of thing. Potentially, actually, that uh, that's very well what it could be. Everything's a pendulum. Like I mean, everybody was wanting to come to the U.S. Now everybody's trying to like. Get a second citizenship, citizenship yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. So who knows? 
Uh, let's talk uh-huh. about to begin. Uh, one thing that has to do with travel. Let's talk about that to begin with. So, global airline revenue forecasts are cut heavily if the trade war continues. So, this has to do a lot with what's going on between the U.S. and China, and I mean to an extent the EU as well. But uh, there is a big thing coming out essentially talking about fuel costs uh cost of airlines uh what else here i'm looking at the article it's a fox business article just let me pull this up here but yeah one thing that is super interesting i'm just going to ramble for a second is that do you know what the average profit is per passenger on a flight from anywhere in the world to anywhere in the world pretty much how much josh we'll guess come on make it fun for me i think it isn't it or well <laughs> yeah it's cheating because i saw your notes but it's yeah under 10 bucks, isn't it <laughs> it's less than seven dollars for every passenger like that's wow. insane like that's razor thin margins when you think about it um, oh yeah and i think that's a semi-known fact that it's uh you know, really thin margins, very, very, very high fixed costs as well in that business. Yeah, very true. So, and on top of that, there's one thing that's very interesting is that they're cutting a lot of first class. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a lot of airlines that don't even do first class seats anymore. Interesting. Um, They're moving because it'll be like, you know, 200 extra bucks to go the same distance right and it's like do i need to be slightly more comfortable flying an hour to vancouver or whatever uh, no I'll, I'll probably live right well what they're doing is they're moving because first class is like a completely different class in quotation marks than business class so mm-hmm. they take up right almost twice as much room than a business class seat so actually what a lot of these airlines are doing is increasing their business class capacity but they're axing first class. And oh, you're not okay. gonna see you're not gonna see first class except on like your long haul. Well, not even like your Dubai Emirates type airlines, which is okay, yeah. kind of interesting. Like a, yeah. Call it a high end one, right? Yeah. You're not gonna get your uh, condos in the sky or whatever they call them. Although I, I need to shower on a plane before I die. That's something that's pretty damn. Oh, the one where they give you like the little tube and you have like a miniature hotel room sort of thing or whatever basically mm-hmm. yeah so it says that the world's airline industry is getting downgraded for its outlook due to a rising cost of fuel and weakening world trade so hey good for alberta i guess yeah sure sweet so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know one thing about um flight uh the in the air like the flight commercial airline business or whatever you want to call it is uh as per uh i want to say this isn't an original thought i heard this somewhere whether it was a book or a podcast or something um Mm -hmm. but air uh like air flight hasn't actually changed almost at all since like the 1970s the only real difference is like the ipads in the back of the headrests, right? The, <laughs> yeah. The actual technology in terms of like combustion engines of the planes and how the planes work hasn't changed, right? Which is, I mean, what? so what's the solution to bring 
bring costs down and make it a more efficient in industry, right? Because it, it, it truly is. And when you look at, uh, well, just it's astronomical fixed costs too. Like there's, yeah, there's fuel, but I mean, there's another reason that profit margin is six bucks or whatever, right? So, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, these low-cost airlines, what they do is they try to cut costs as much as possible by ordering bulk airlines, I mean, airplanes. So they'll buy all the same jet and fly only that jet. So they only have to do maintenance for a 737, for example. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And their maintenance crew is trained only on the 737, for example. Like, it's it, it's all like cost-cutting now. Thing. Yeah. 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 Whereas you used to be able to get like a uh, turkey and roast beef on a plane, like there's actually pictures of this stuff. I wish I was born in like the 40s or 60s oh, yeah. or whatever. Well, like you, you didn't have to sit the whole time. There was like like normal flights would have like a second tier with like a lounge and stuff. Yeah, and I mean like the very upper echelon airlines do still have that but I mm -hmm. mean, everybody's going low cost these days yeah. so. oh and you can smoke could smoke on the airplanes back then too which was <laughs> which was great yeah man I missed out no, I was kidding pre-smoking ban <laughs> yeah as a whole the airline industry contri contributes 65 million jobs and 2.7 billion to the global economy pretty big industry that's for sure yeah, it's interesting to see, I guess, right? Well, well, does this mean, I don't know, rising ticket costs for day-to-day -day consumers? Did you ever see the thing where, because, you know, obviously any air, airline business is going to look to make more money because they're A, a business, but B, they need to in their situation. Mm -hmm. um, would the, There's a thing where they were trying to rearrange the seating in... Uh, planes to try and fit more people into a plane oh, it's basically okay. like most rows are uh three generally on like a 737 or whatever right um like like three seats three seats like so six in a row three and three right sure. and they were trying to make it like six per side and like it was kind of like this hexagonal sort of shape where you would have three of you kind of interlocked like this uh, where three are facing the front and three are facing the back and like to use the bathroom if you're like the window seat like you like everyone would have to get up so you basically <laughs> couldn't and it was this weird like kind of honeycomb shape it was just the it was the craziest thing i mean it would never actually never actually fly haha <laughs> good pun <laughs> but uh it, it 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 was something where it was probably something just proposed at some corporate <laughs> meeting because from like a dollars and cents point of view it makes sense but it was it was freaking hilarious yeah i mean i have a lot of pet peeves when it comes to this stuff because i mean like well, I'll be traveling home next week, but I mean, they don't let you check extra baggage now. So every extra bag is 50 bucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they, I mean, they, they try to screw you as much as possible. Uh, the whole lounge scene is getting more and more garbage. Uh, I mean, frequent flyer mile, frequent flyer miles. There we go. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't really take you anywhere anymore like it's and it's more difficult to get status on airplanes and they don't usually give you like free uh upgrades anymore because well they want to save money so mm -hmm. yeah but it says a 909 billion dollar a year industry that's pretty uh it's a pretty big industry almost a trillion bucks yeah well that's pretty close almost yeah. the 
what would that be? Four comma club. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, there you go. What? Uh, all right. Well, uh, I mean, like, let's. You want to move on here? What's our next one here? Probably go with yeah. this antitrust one. Yeah. Antitrust. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. Are we going to be breaking up? Be afraid, very afraid, according yeah. to Bloomberg. Are we going to be breaking up the tech companies? I don't know. This is interesting. Um, so yeah. essentially what they're yeah, going to be doing. Yeah, is they're going to be doing a antitrust probe into, it looks like Google, but on Monday. Google is the only one named here, but. Yeah, but on Monday, like the stock market just tumbled based on the news. Um, all the tech companies got hit. Well, I'm not going to say hit. They got hammered. Like it was like 6% down. Um, so essentially what people are saying is these companies are getting too big. Uh, the data consumption and collection is getting out of hand. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Stuff that we kind of talked about a couple of weeks ago, I want to say. Um, but uh, Well, even last episode, we were kind of talking about how, well, it's getting to a critical mass where we say, is this something that need, and the internet itself as well, is this something where because it's so integrated in our world, like does it become uh, like a utility, right? Mm -hmm. Like at, where, at what level is regulation appropriate or not? Because it's, yeah, it's a private company, but if 80% of the internet is based on Google's cloud or whatever, right? Uh, where's kind of that threshold, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm kind of tinfoil hatty compared to a lot of people in that I don't really want a lot of my information out in a cloud where, mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't realize this, I'm about to blow your mind, but I think a lot of people do know this, is that every single time you upload a file to Google Drive, they're mining it for data. So they're running algorithms on it for recognition of text for a hundred different things. But that's why these services are free because they use your data and then sell it to third-party advertisers, to uh, companies that are looking for insights. They sell it to a bunch of different companies. So but, that would that would just be using uh, like to further narrow your demographic by uh, kind of mining your Google Drive data, right? Well, I mean, I think that there's a lot of questionable stuff. Like uh -huh. they're all they're all black boxes. These companies, right? So you don't know what's going on behind the 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 veil. We'll call it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's one thing that a lot of people are concerned about. Um, I mean, I actually, as a avid Google Drive user, and so was this show. <laughs> I had no idea about that, honestly, but it makes sense. So. Yep. Yep. So I mean, and your emails too so if you use gmail oh, that is sure. yeah they are going through those um they're looking at your conversations and they're saying oh you were talking about uh shelving the other day here's an advertisement for uh, some nice cabinetry well uh even uh if you're a gmail user you've probably noticed on most newer accounts i don't know if they've rolled it out for everyone because i have several gmail accounts and not all of them have it but uh your uh like you can auto respond to a lot of emails. So like, you know, when someone sends you an email, you'll yeah. be like, you can tap like looks good. Thanks. Or yeah, 
I don't see the attach. Like you'll have three canned responses and they're very useful because like a lot of emails, all the necessary response is just that, like a three word. Thanks. Looks good. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> right. But for them to be able to do that is they have to read <laughs> the email because the responses are very contextually appropriate. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. So, yeah. yeah. Well, they're getting to a status of almost a monopoly. So you're Google, oh, you're sure. looking like for search, they have it pretty much monopolized in the United States. Uh -huh. If you yeah. go to China, there's another company called Weibao or whatever. They have it monopolized there. But in the US, I think they run like 75 or 80% of searches, which is just like insane, right? So, and then on top of that, they are able to dictate what people are seeing at the end of those searches. So if I search for right. X and I want a certain result, well, they, they, they can. Uh, would doctor be the right word or just kind of influence, I guess, would be right? Yeah. And uh, it ties into a bunch of this stuff about artificial intelligence and biases and all that, but we won't really get into that. But my take on it is that when you start introducing external bias into any of these systems, then you create kind of a worse system. And mm -hmm. over the past, three to five years that's kind of what's been going down behind the uh behind the scenes so i mean the whole cambridge analytica thing with facebook was just a tip of the iceberg i'm thinking so oh absolutely. get your tinfoil yeah. hats on that's why i sat at the kitchen today so i can get my yeah. tinfoil out really quickly but, yeah i uh, should you have know, brought, my, brought my roll up here we could have wrapped ourselves up we should do there, an instructional video on how to properly uh create a tinfoil hat for <laughs> yeah. followers of this show yeah. um yeah it's you know it, it is definitely like well if you look up the definition of a monopoly or a trust like google and facebook and stuff particularly google um like it, it's it sounds like you're describing them right um and what I think is interesting here is that it says, um, well, Google actually was the under scrutiny for an antitrust suit in 2013, right? Which sounds like a recent year, but in terms of tech, 2013 was basically ancient history, right? Like when you think how much things have changed uh, internet wise and even Google wise and how much they do and what they own, right? Uh, yeah. You know, it, it would look, they've uh, all, generally speaking, tech companies grow exponentially. So their exponential growth is just, you know, like shooting way up on a line. It, it probably barely looks the same as an organization, right? Well, let's put it into perspective. Google's market cap in 2013 was like $300 billion. Today, it is inching up on that trillion. So triple, triple, yeah, nine hundred and yeah. oh, there you go, yeah, nine hundred and fifteen at its peak in twenty nineteen. So yeah, you're looking at triple market cap. So like these companies right. are much larger than they even were six yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, and this article kind of talks about how Washington is much different than twenty thirteen, but like it, it's better to look at how much the tech space has changed. 
Um, and again, like when you think back to 2013 internet, like just the way websites were, the way social media worked, like it's so different, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's definitely a lot, especially in terms of like the whole algorithm thing. Like everyone has algorithms now. They had significantly lesser ones then. So it'll be interesting to follow this and see what happens for sure. I mean, how, you know, you want it to be a more fair system uh, that that works for everyone or whatever you want to say. But then, okay, what's the solution is to have the government run it like that. Mm -hmm. That's what my apprehension is, too. Right. Like if the government took over Google, like what? Like <laughs> that, that sounds like a lose lose situation to me, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sticky situation. I mean, it's a naturalist. It's a natural monopoly, I guess, because of the first to market advantage they first had back market, in the yeah. early 2000s. Both proprietary info for many, many years, too. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, to prepare. And to, to put it in perspective, perspective, this is a. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say to put it in perspective, Facebook was going to be facing a $6 billion fine over what had happened with the information stuff they make that every single quarter in profit they're just well, like hey. it, whatever it's it's not going to make a big difference to us find us the six billion dollars the eu is actually a lot more stringent and i'm not going to compliment the eu too much but <laughs> they've been finding these companies uh -huh. continuously tens of billions of dollars over the past three years so Really? Because now yeah. I know EU has a new copyright content law that seemed too all-encompassing. Yeah, and that's joke, just stupid. The joke everyone's making is that memes are illegal <laughs> now, basically. So, well, yeah. it's the internet was never supposed to be a centralized application. It was supposed to be a bunch of people sharing information, a bunch of interconnected stuff. personal yeah. computers, right? Exactly. Like if if you really want to get down to the basis of what the internet should have been, it's a bunch of different websites and blogs that come together to create a big web of information. And it's not supposed to be centralized in any one node, be it Facebook or Google or Amazon or blah 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 blah. It's supposed to be decentralized. So Right. I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, but there's definitely some efforts to bring it back to what its original intention was to be. Yeah. Very interesting stuff for sure. Well, and then this is a totally different can of worms, but you know, decentralization, decentralized nodes makes me think of, well, like blockchain. So does that factor in somewhere in the future? I, I guess. We'll, I'm thinking we'll it does. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking blockchain but, is pretty much. It's got to be the only real way to do it. Well, how so google has so much computing power right mm -hmm. if they were to shut down google tomorrow well then you would basically need the entire network meaning like literally everyone in their computer to support that computing power right yeah and if that if you're not familiar with like uh blockchain and stuff that makes no sense but this makes a lot of sense as i'm kind of thinking through this <laughs> myself right now so yeah well, I mean, they have huge data centers, these companies, right? So that's why cloud is getting huge is because there, there's extra resources these companies have that allow you to store your data on their computers uh, because they're not using all of their resources. But if you go and see these data centers, they're the size of small cities, man. They're 
ridiculously huge. Be curious to see for sure. Yeah. It's a it's a very interesting world we're heading into for sure. I uh I don't know if I have the answers, but I do think that blockchain does play a part in the coming internet 3.0. I guess it would be called. I don't know. Would it be 3.0? Why would it be 3.0? Who who is 2.0? Well, 1.0 would have been like the original internet. Right. 2.0 probably would have been your big big tech companies and then 3.0 is probably your going back to a decentralized sort of what was that guy's name again by the way the guy who created the internet sir tim berners lee is his name so look that guy up put him in the show notes he's he's working on a current project that i don't know if it's going to catch on or whatever but uh it's an interesting read too it's called solid they're trying to do some decentralized applications essentially where you hold your own information and the only way people these companies get it is if you plug in and give them a certain amount of the information so if you let's say you're going to the hospital and you have all your information here you give the hospital just your medical records. You don't give them anything else. You don't need to give them your uh, relationship history on Facebook, for example. You only have to give them the medical records. You give them nothing else. And then after your procedure is done, you pull them back out and they're yours to keep. So they're your data. These companies don't control your data. And that's the big thing is that more and more people, I think, are moving towards wanting to control their own data uh, and to be able to even profit off of their own data because you use Facebook, you don't see $10 in your bank account every month because of the ad dollars that are getting run towards you. Facebook. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So interesting stuff. I don't know. I don't know if I have the answers. I'm not nearly brilliant in this space compared to these guys that are coming up with this stuff. But Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh and that kind of actually ties into the third article. Yeah, so uh <laughs> it would appear we maybe predicted the future. I mean, you know, uh market movers in 2019 are uh, Warren Buffett, uh Jim Cramer and Long and Hard Podcast. So okay. uh, <laughs> uh basically was this Sunday? There was a big yeah. It was Sunday. There was a big Sunday. internet outage. I'll let you explain it because you can't. You can articulate this better than me, Josh. But basically, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Google also comes back into it again too, right? Is there's a bunch of outages. Um, it, essentially, it would appear to stem at Google and then m- the many many websites that are on Google's platform, Google's cloud. So a lot of people don't realize that your Shopify. Your, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna and talk about all I, the companies, but go ahead. Can I, if I may chime back in, it's actually very interesting to see and you know, check the article link. But and this was in, I didn't really know the scope of this, but like you know, most people know Google obviously owns Gmail and owns YouTube, but mm-hmm. how many huge, huge companies are hosted on Google's cloud, right? Meaning, uh, Google does most of the kind of underlying infrastructure to paint it with very, very broad strokes, right? So they're, they're a lot more intermingled and stuff. Speaking of big internet breakup, uh, not to sound like a total, you know, power to the people type, but, uh, they're a lot more intermingled than you, you really realize too, just looking at this. Yeah. So 
we were discussing cloud services in the previous article. It's the same thing when it comes to website hosting. So essentially, these companies don't want to host their own servers on site or whatever. So they off load them to Google or Amazon. AWS is one of the largest ones right now. You have Google Cloud. Uh, you have DigitalOcean, which is a smaller player. You have Microsoft and, uh, Cloud. For people who aren't familiar, who what is AWS, Josh? Amazon Web Services. So Amazon yeah. Web Services is actually where a lot of Amazon profit comes from. Uh, they don't make a lot of profit on the products they sell. They make a lot of profit on their web services. So, And the average what, person has what, no what's idea. What's interesting is uh, AWS now advertises. I started seeing... Uh, ads during nhl games like uh you know when they mm. paint it in the ice or on the boards yep. which is, seems strange to publicly advertise but because that's more of a b2b business is it not in many ways like it yeah yeah i, I, I would say so but mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean they run netflix they run like netflix runs all of its website its services off of amazon web services but i mean google cloud runs i want to say like shopify They run a lot of these huge... And Shopify runs millions of e-commerce sites on top of that, Mm -hmm. right? So if you have an e-commerce site on Shopify, your site was down on Sunday. You probably saw that too. And that's... Man, my my Snapchat was down for hours. It was hurting, you know, if... uh, (laughs) For young single men out there, like you need your Snapchat to be functioning properly at all times, really. Yeah, no, but I mean that's another thing too. That's another service that's run on these. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's it's there's a lot of these companies that aren't doing. They don't control their own data. They're offloading it to Google. I mean, our company we we yeah. run our stuff on Google Cloud too. So yeah, well, that actually that even ties interestingly into uh, the last article where it's not just like it's not just your information that you give directly to Google via Gmail, Google Drive. Uh, Google Docs, anything else you might use. Like it's when your Snapchat, your YouTube, like when all this other stuff is also hosted, like Google inadvertently has your information that you don't even realize uh, you're giving them as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, when you think about it that way. I mean, YouTube was down. YouTube's a huge Google service if I'm sure a lot of people don't even know that. But YouTube is Google as well. So, um they have like actually a list of the companies that are down here. Yeah. Snapchat, YouTube. Now, product. looking at these little graphs here, Josh, how they all peak. Yeah. What is that showing us? Is that showing the number of crashes? Is that showing us the number of? I want to say that's that's a number of internet searches for uh, the service being down. So if you oh, go to like okay, a trend, okay. yeah. Okay. So okay. If yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Actually, so if you're, I think each one links. Oh no, that's just a picture. Okay, never mind. Yeah. So, so if you look on your <laughs> friends or whatever, that's yeah. just a bunch of people searching. What the hell is going on? Why is mm-hmm. my Snapchat down? Yeah. So. So, well, the article title, granted, this is a semi-opinion piece. Is did the government just test the internet kill switch? <laughs> uh, which again ties into an article from last week's episode where we were talking about how. Uh, in Canada, they were looking at stricter regulations on uh, Facebook and also Google, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you think? Or some people, we were having a good discussion the other day that, you know, uh, 
most people know war is bad, so hopefully we won't see like a nuclear war or anything. If anything, the next war will be fought via, you know, data and uh, <laughs> keyboard warriors, right? <laughs> I don't know. What do you What do you think? I mean, the whole thing that's going on with China and the U.S. is kind of question. Like it, it makes me ask some questions about: Is this uh, a cyber attack of some sort? I mean, cyber attack. Com- that was the word I was looking for. Yeah, none of these companies are going to come out and say we were attacked. You don't. Yeah, we were DDoSed by ten million computers from China or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. it. Nobody's going to come out and say that. And is the issue is that, like all this shit is very quiet, and this article is going to get thrown under the rug. Nobody's going to pick it up because, I mean, it's not in any of the interest of these companies. Also, I mean, yep. Google controls the news search if you're searching for news, so they're going to just bury <laughs> this article. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's. I think it's a conspiracy theory. Like I mean, I think that yeah. potentially. This is more like a attack from a botnet somewhere or something, but it's it has to be a huge attack to take down yeah. these servers. Oh, exactly. Like, like a small website, you Easy. don't need that much. You can you know? be like, one guy <laughs> with a who kind of knows what they're doing, right? And you can yeah, find a like, backdoor or whatever. So yeah, well, I mean, you don't even need to kind of know what you're doing. There's these scripts online. I'm not going to talk about this because we're going to get fucking flagged or something but like they're, they're called script script kitties and they can essentially copy and paste scripts in, and you can take a website down by doing that but uh, yeah 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 but a yeah. big attack on a big company like this that has yeah. to be something that's coordinated yeah that that's interesting and then you know whether it's russia or china or something like that it's, yeah it's interesting and i mean Maybe we'll see more of this. I, I mean, we're 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 slowly stumbling in too much into political news here, right? Which I kind of <laughs> want to avoid. Yeah. But uh, from a technological point of view, it's it's interesting how this all ties together. Of you know, we're coming into an era of kind of your freedom of information, control of your information, uh, taking almost a step backwards to ensure more personal privacy, and then. Yeah stronger regulation on these companies because they've just become such a huge amalgamation that like it's when you really think about it and like even looking I would encourage you to go in the show notes and read this or click through this article and it'll show you how all these companies are connected right and it's kind of eye-opening in a lot of ways right Mm -hmm. and i mean i think that uh, here's here's my uh I'm going to go on a rant here for a second, but I think that there's a lot of push away from the centralization. I think that people want to be living in these like tinier communities. So even like in real life, but also online and stuff, people are looking for these like communities that are not these huge companies that are overarching over everything. Like, I mean, I think that's why Facebook is pushing, pushing groups so much is that they kind of know that this is the direction things are going. People want to be in their collective talking about the things they want to talk about. And they don't want to be under this company of 2 billion users. They want right. to be kind of around people that are like them, you know, like a novel concept, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think that there's definitely going to be some interesting stuff that comes up over the next six months to a year about this so well yeah i mean yeah that's i was even gonna say like five years from now like it'll look 
completely different, but the internet moves pretty fast, right? So curious yeah. to see here what, what's going on with all this. Yeah, I I am of the mindset that you want to uh, not regulate too much stuff, but at the same time, these companies are getting so big that they're infringing upon individual privacy. And I think privacy is a fundamental human right. And you need to be cherishing your privacy because, like, I mean, People are like, oh, I have nothing to hide. But I mean, there's still stuff you you don't want out there in the wild, yeah. right? So, oh, definitely. It's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It it it's a weird inter kind of mingle of where you know you're <laughs> you have two kind or you have an outlook on the world, but then they're starting to contradict each other in this scenario where you believe in mm-hmm. very minimal regulation, but these companies are getting so big and there's it has to give one way or another yeah so i don't know fucking make your tinfoil hat yeah put it on yeah throw out your phone go live in the forest (laughs) uh that's uh, that's the lesson here yeah that's pretty much the only solution if you really want to get away from this stuff so it's the world we live in so (laughs) Well, I think that's uh, probably what we wanted to get through today. Eh? That's uh, yeah. we'll Cut. we'll have some links to the show uh, to these articles if you want to read them for yourself. Uh, make your own opinions. Yep, everything we talked about will be linked in the show notes. Uh, you can obviously find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms: Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. I mean, it's like we're advertising for them after we went through yeah, the article. Just after we <laughs> so uh, uh, please don't take us down, Google. <laughs> uh, they're going to fucking, uh, they're going to blacklist us. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you never hear from us again, you know what happened. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. Until then, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Signing off. Peace. <laughs>